seeing stories about the East Coast getting hits with uh, lines at the pumps, bags on pumps saying out of gas. Uh, what's going on? Well, you got the Colonial Pipeline that supplies nearly half of the fuel for vehicles. Uh, essentially shut down at the moment because of a ransomware attack. Now, Colonial says that they're going to get things back up and running uh, by the uh, uh, end of the week. But it's got some people around here even uh, getting calls from their parents saying, oh, you need to fill up your gas tanks. Listen, it's always smart to have a full tank of gas just to have that emergency mindset. But you don't have to go out there and fill up, you know, 50 gallon drums with gasoline. Uh, The message now is don't panic, because if you do buy a bunch, that's going to lead to a shortage. And then you've got a whole bunch of gas that you're just not using and it goes to waste. So uh, to kind of uh, convey that a bit more, uh, we're joined now by Illinois Fuel and Retail Association CEO Josh Sharp. Josh, thanks for taking time with us this morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on this morning. Absolutely. You know, everybody has to buy gas. They have to they have to buy gas to to get to work, uh, to go to the grocery store, and so on. So, what uh, what ultimately is the impact on the Midwest from what's happening over out on the East Coast? That's a great question, and uh, I appreciate you having me on to to discuss it because the impact in Central Illinois and the Midwest is minimal. Um, the Colonial Pipeline. Aside from a few injections that feed off of that pipeline into pipelines that lead into Illinois, is, is exceptionally again, it's minimal. I think we're under we face a far greater risk of, of outages here in central Illinois due to consumer behavior than we do anything related to the colonial pipeline. You know, I've I've heard uh, or seen pictures on Facebook recently of, of some local stations in rural areas that had outages. But again, I think that's <laughs> I've talked to those companies, and that is again driven by consumer behavior as opposed to anything related to the pipeline. So when it comes to um, what is being experienced over on the East Coast, that's not because of a fuel shortage, right? I mean, they're still refining fuel. It's just Absolutely. a matter of getting it to, to, the, to where it needs to be for, for consumers to purchase it at a retail location. That's right. And honestly, even on the East Coast, there probably wouldn't be outages and shortage of product if you didn't have people running to the pump sort of, you know, unfortunately doing panic buying. What the result of a colonial shutdown would be, would be higher prices. Um, you know, this, the fuel would still get there. But most stations buy fuel well in advance and they try to anticipate consumer demand and they don't, they don't buy more than they need. So when you have huge runs on stations like that, uh, we're seeing what we're seeing now, which is, again, unfortunately, outages of product in certain area. And again, that's driven by people going to the pump, not necessarily the availability of the product. Josh Sharp, he's the CEO of the Illinois Fuel and Retail Association, representing gas stations and convenience stores all across the uh, uh, the state here in Illinois. Um, so and we have uh, kind of a different structure of pipelines uh, than what uh, the East Coast has. Of course, Colonial offering up like 45% of the fuel for the East yeah. Coast. Uh, but uh, give us a sense of what, what kind of uh, system we've got here in Illinois. And, you know, do, do we rely yeah. on one company for 45% no. of our products? <laughs> We don't. Illinois has multiple pipelines that run throughout the state, and we also have tremendous refining capacity down in the Metro East in the Wood River area and also areas in, in suburban, uh, some areas of like suburban Cook County and suburban Chicago. There's a lot of refining activity up there, too. So Illinois' um, fuel supply is in great shape, and uh, it just goes back to what I said earlier. There's certainly no need for anybody, uh, whether you live in Springfield or even the surrounding communities, to run out, and, and like you said, in your your intro to run out and, you know, fill up, you know, 50 gallon barrels of gas. It's just, it's simply not needed. And it's just people, unfortunately, I think reacting to, uh, you know, to, to the headlines these days. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know if people want to experience what they experienced with the toilet paper shortage. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
That's right. Um, Similar mentality. Yeah. Uh, Josh, so again, just reiterate what the message is uh, here for the Midwest when people see uh, all the reporting that's going on about the East Coast right now. Yeah. Message is simply don't panic. The pipeline, the colonial pipeline will be up uh, hopefully by the end of the week back and running. And uh, we'll be over this this bump and, uh, you know, back to back to normal, at least on the East Coast. And hopefully those drivers that maybe had to drive a little bit to go get gas that were in the southeast southeast region, um, you know, they'll be back to having, you know, their stations filled by then, too. And Josh, uh, what does the message that we should take away or that uh, the the fuel um, infrastructure folks need to take away from this when it comes to cybersecurity? <clears throat> well, I think it's really uh, it's really revealed just how big of a threat uh, these ransomware attacks are. I mean, you used to be able to really need an army or a navy or you know some kind of military operation to attack a country's infrastructure, and now we're seeing that you know groups are able to do that. Not even necessarily sovereign states, but you know criminals are able to do it from you know countries far, far away. Uh, it's really sort of changed the game, I think, and how not only our industry looks at security, but how the country as a whole looks at security to be able to take down a huge pipeline like this from, you know, we think these attacks originated in Russia somewhere. Um, It's not been confirmed, but that's what we think. Uh, It's really just a huge, it's an eye opener for everyone. Josh, something else too uh, that you guys are impacted by is uh, uh, whatever the state budget ultimately looks like uh, and the tax yeah. rates and uh, any kind of uh, other types of things that uh, you know lawmakers may lay out for business owners. Uh, one thing that uh, is still on the uh, on the chopping block is a variety of different types of tax incentives that the governor's mm-hmm. looking to ultimately either end or limit uh, for a total impact of nearly one billion dollars. Uh, one of those tax incentive items impacts uh, the the fuel industry. Tell us about the uh, yeah. the biodiesel tax credit. What needs to yeah, happen? Unfortunately, there? yeah, unfortunately, the governor and, and some legislative leaders have have targeted the, the biodiesel sales tax exemption for elimination. And um, in Illinois, um, Illinois is one of only a handful of states that, <laughs> that imposes a sales tax not just on diesel fuel but on all fuel. But there's an exemption right now for, for biodiesel. So if a, a gas station sells biodiesel, which is a, a more environmentally friendly product, uh, the state doesn't charge sales tax on that. And we think that's a good thing because it incentivizes the use of cleaner, greener fuels like, like biodiesel. Uh, unfortunately, the governor wants to eliminate that and allow the state to charge a sales tax on those transactions, all diesel transactions. So biodiesel or not, just the sale of diesel fuel, irrespective of, of what it is, would be have a sales tax uh, applied to it. Um, unfortunately, that would make our diesel market in the state look a lot like our gasoline market. We know how expensive gasoline is in the state, and there's a whole number of reasons for that. But one of the biggest reasons is because of the pyramiding of taxes on gasoline. You not only have the state uh, state motor fuel tax, you have the state sales tax, and then we also allow counties to impose a tax and municipalities to impose their own tax. So you just get, again, this huge sort of um, cluster of taxes on top of the product already on the gasoline side. We don't see that in diesel, largely because of this exemption. Um, most of our retailers sell biodiesel because of this exemption. If the governor goes ahead and removes this exemption, uh, our state diesel market is going to look a lot like our gasoline market, which is very expensive and not very profitable for my members. 
And Josh, uh, you know, business also is impacted just by tax rates in general, not uh, necessarily yeah. dealing with, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the diesel aspect of this or the biodiesel aspect. But, you know, we got numbers now from COGFA, the Commission on Government Forecasting Accountability, uh, we're, we're two plus billion dollars better than they anticipated for this yeah. current fiscal year and uh, nearly three quarters of a billion, more than three quarters of a billion dollars better for the coming fiscal year. Do we need more revenue coming into the state through limiting uh, tax incentives? Well, if we do need more revenue, I think it's got to come from from other sectors besides the fuel industry. You know, this industry has already been exceptionally hard hit by the you know sudden doubling of the state's gas tax a few years ago. And you know, it's we have other you know uh, business issues in the state which make it very uncompetitive uh, for my members to to operate. So I think if there's going to be new revenue, I think we can have a discussion about new revenue. But I just think it's got to come from somewhere else other than again Illinois fuel retailers. Josh Sharp, he is the CEO of the Illinois Fuel and Retail Association. Greatly appreciate you taking time this morning to talk about people not panic buying here in the Midwest because we're not necessarily directly impacted by uh, the Colonial Pipeline situation on the East Coast, but also delving into some of the tax incentive questions as well. Greatly appreciate it. We'll talk again soon, all right? Absolutely. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it.